When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source. I'm Kristen Carney, a comedian and your host here, of course, with Marnie Kinris. She's a best-selling author and relationship expert. We have our voice of man with us today that we're really excited about from the Art of Charm podcast, which you can all find on iTunes, Art of Charm, Jordan Harbinger. Hey, thanks hey. for having me on. Thanks for yeah. coming. Aren't yeah. you afraid now she's going to throw up on you? I uh, projectile mm-hmm. four times. Yes, no we just less. heard about Kristen puking all over people. Well, if I were you, I'd be more afraid of yeah. me calling you fart of charm again, which fart is what I did. <laughs> so dumb, so immature. Yeah, but you know what? Still kind of funny. I mean, it doesn't. That stuff doesn't bother me when it's good natured, right? Or at least when it's from you How guys. How could fart of charm ever be bad natured? Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. too. It's too Someone's silly. like fart of charm. Well, like they're <laughs> really serious about hating. And also, I made so many crap jokes during that show that you named me Jordan Har Har Harbinger, which, by the way, was one of you did that. Oh, I'll take credit for that. Which was really funny. I actually brag about that. Really? I do not remember saying it was me, but I'm totally going to take credit for it. I don't think it was me for sure, but that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Kaharney. Because she thinks she's cool and important. Exactly. Well, anyway, thanks for coming today. You're awesome. You know what's funny is that recently... I saw a picture of you with someone that I knew. And then I saw another picture of you with someone else that I knew. And I was like, with who? I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was comedians or something. It was different Maybe. comics. And I was like, wow, Jordan Harbinger's like big time. Cause someone was like, oh yeah, I know Jordan Harbinger. I'm but like, now you can't tell I'm sorry. I didn't know I no you were that big. <laughs> yeah. You're bigger well, than excu- them. Excuse you then. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, cool. I know Har- Jordan Harbinger too. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh my gosh, that's uh, that's really funny actually because I have no idea who you're talking about. And neither do you. <laughs> neither does Christian. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just making the whole thing up to build. Yeah. Well, well, it's a rapport building. <laughs> Jordan's only in town for a few days, right? Right. I'm leaving tonight. You are leaving tonight. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in. And that's spending. why I planned it around this. Obviously, I like it. that's why you came into town. Yes. That's how important we are. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty awesome. Well, so the Art of Charm, they do boot camps. They do wonderful boot camps that help men with their full overall lifestyle as well as helping them with women. But this weekend, Jordan asked me to be a part of, what was it called? Your Art of Charm? Yeah, our online. Released. Yeah, it's not out yet. But, okay. Well, it is out in beta form, but your video is not up there yet. Okay, cool. Well, but yeah, it turned have, out well. Yeah, no, I I had five minutes to do it, so I just like said it and then left. That's what they said. They're like, this is Marnie, like one take yeah. one Marnie. Wonder. It was really fast. Which is good. And I'm like, gotta go. Because if they call you, if when they call a guy one take Jordan, it doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's totally different For a meaning. girl, it's a good thing. For a guy, it's not such a good thing. Right. But I, I went over they have um, this house where they do these boot camps, and they used to have another house that was not so nice. <laughs> house in air quotes. Yeah, for it was the last like one. a weird frat house. It was very strange, but they have a very nice 
beautiful home now where they have these, you know, week-long boot camps that guys fly in for from all over the world. And I met a couple of guys that were on your boot camp from the last week. Oh, you did? Yeah, they were flying out that day. Oh, cool. Um, How did the bathroom smell in there? There's four and they're fine. We have maids. We know better. The whole house is beautiful. It's spotless. It was really nice to not feel like a whole bunch of dudes were in there like, it's amazing. You know, broing out for the the week. But I was really... (laughs) Until you pull back the covers. (laughs) Right. Right. And you're like, I don't want to see that. Crime scene. Yeah, exactly. house. But I was really impressed with the guys that were there because this past weekend, the boot camp that you were doing was about connections and building rapport. They were guys who had been on a boot camp before, and this is their second boot camp. But I was really impressed with the guys that were there. Number one, they were all fit. They were all, they all look good. good Normal, amazing guys. I'm not saying they're like filthy rich or anything, but they're they're like good, solid guys. You always have like a great group of guys at your boot camps. But I really loved that these guys signed up for a boot camp that was focusing on connecting and building rapport. Right. And I, that's what I wanted to Is talk about today. Is it specifically with women or in life in no, general? No, just like life in general. But a lot of – like the, the sort of life in general with like the unsung like, hey, but 85% we're here because we want to build it with girls. But a lot of the guys in this program have girlfriends. They're just like, why not deepen my relationship with my girlfriend or wife? Some of them are married. I think like 30% of our clients are married. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you think wives w- – wives – bought them they do they do that i get calls like that all the time like hey i want this for my husband can you convince my husband to go yeah it's a good problem to have when the wife is already the one who's sold on the idea because a lot of guys are like yeah my wife would never let me do that and i'm like i would think he was going to your wife who called if my boyfriend or husband said that he wanted to do that i would assume he was secretly gay and he was just like going (laughs) to like hang out with a bunch of guys with a bunch of guys yeah i screened for that yeah, I mean the whole that's thing why we didn't sounds let your very gay. That's why we didn't let your boyfriend in. But the whole thing sounds camp. very gay. It's clean. It, <laughs> talking about charm. Guys blowing out. Gosh, together. Right. It's very gay. They no, work out I, on the roof. I love it. They probably take their shirts off. I don't know. Very I haven't clean. seen it. But I want to hear about what you teach on this boot camp. Like obviously yeah. not give away too much. But right. I want to I, I hear about what it is that you are teaching these guys. And and Listen, I know I do the same thing for a lot of guys, so I understand why information like that is available because a lot of men do not know right. the importance of connecting and building rapport. They don't. But, right. But so for these guys who are coming onto the boot camp, like what are the troubles that have been created for them that there's a need for them to take right. this course? It, it's funny because it's like half the clients – and I'm saying half because I don't actually have percentages for this – Half the guys who come in are like, well, you know, I started off as a shy guy my whole life. I got into an engineering profession, so I'm not the greatest at going in and being friendly and developing close relationships. Or a lot of them are like only children or something like that too. And then other guys are like, I got cheated on, so now I'm like way in this shell that I didn't even know that I had and we get that. But then there's this other group of guys that come in that are like, hey, listen, I'm married but I'm in a sales position and – a 1% increase in conversion by like creating better business relationships is like worth $10 million over yeah. the course of my career. So coming in for a week and spending a few grand living at Art of Charm is a no-brainer for them. And then we have this really interesting smaller percentage of guys who are like military special forces guys and intelligence agents, some oh, cool. of whom you probably met this last week. We found out that SEAL Team 6 had guys come through and we didn't find out till like two years after. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. I'm like, I'm like, did the guy who killed Bin Laden come through Art I know, of Charm? Seriously. That would be really cool. Yeah. Nope. Bin Laden and up and Bin Laden was just afterwards. so charmed that he was like, all right, shoot me. Come on, <laughs> come on in. Yeah, come on in. And, <laughs> and, yeah, I never liked that wife anyway. Get rid of her too. Exactly. 
So those guys come in because this is like a life-saving skill set for them or learning how to connect with people can have real real life ramifications other than like I get invited to all the coolest parties or right. whatever a lot of people are thinking when they think like connection and 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 rapport. So yeah. there's a lot of variance in the people that come in and why they come in and the skill set that's taught there is very similar. So a lot of it is reading nonverbal communication, getting along with difficult people, persuasion skills are a large part of it, right? So a lot of people who are coming through, they're like, okay, I need to be able to persuade people without like browbeating them into buying something or or whatever, especially the sales guys that are in higher end, not retail, but like selling a, right. a $10 million product. You don't go buy this or you're, you know, I'll hate you forever. Like that only works when you're selling something that's 90 bucks, right? right. Well, tell us how this pertains to women. Sure. So the guys that come in that want to learn, yeah, that might make sense yeah. given the topic of the show. Uh, I mean, if it was no, Ask the Realtor, in... then that's... <laughs> this isn't the Ask Real Estate podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry about that. The way that it works when guys come in, they want to deepen their relationships with either the person they're with or the people that they will be with in, in the future. It's all about vulnerability and things like that because there's this weird annoying alpha male stereotype crap that's happening now and yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen this where guys are like I don't give a crap I'm tough I don't give a fuck what people think about me I don't know if I can say that on your show yeah and and they literally say that and it's like actually anytime you have to go around being like I don't give a fuck it means you give so many fucks mm-hmm. yeah. that you actually can't even control how many fucks are given right and it dominates your whole life <laughs> yeah so we teach real vulnerability where it's like the risk that you take sharing is commensurate with the reward where people are like, wow, this guy's really real. It's really refreshing because you kind of raise the bar of how much you're willing to open up and share. And that either screens out women that aren't just not ready for a relationship that's really intimate, that has like a real close connection. And it also screens in people that are like, oh, if he's willing to talk about things that happened in his childhood, things that happened here and like the way that he's feeling, this is a good person to join in like – to have like a partnership with a real one, not just like – not only I should say some casual fun. Right. right? Okay. So I have a whole bunch of questions. Sure. OK. So Good. you talked about being vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. So for a lot of guys who listen to the show, they're most likely at the beginning stages of interacting and attracting women, right? right? So when is sharing too much and a turnoff and when is – you know, what's the line for vulnerability? Yeah, like, that's a really good question. Yeah, because it can either be so attractive or so gross. For, yeah, for like, I don't need to right. hear about your sister, like, for the 10th time tonight and how sad. Like, yeah. like, what? So what does that mean? What does it look like? Right. So there's a couple of – there's t- sort of different borders on what you'd ask, right? There's oversharing, undersharing, and then there's, like, the whole – pick up RDC thing where they're like fake sharing right? and it's like not even real and you find out later that's like wait a minute this is you like don't you don't have fake story up. three adopted Asian <laughs> sisters yeah, yeah. no like I, and, and also my British accent is fake like what right. my whole life is crumbling around me <laughs> yeah. and people overshare they tend to do it and it all depends on your mindset and like why you're doing it because people who are oversharing will say things like well you know I did all this vulnerability stuff that you guys taught and it didn't work it's not a tactic. It's not a technique. It's a it's a mindset. And if you're doing it because you want people to like you more and you're sharing a lot because you're like, all right, if I keep dumping vulnerability in here, she's going to be like, oh, wounded lamb and feel bad for me and then dot, 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 sexual intercourse. Okay. <laughs> and like if that's the mindset, that's bad. That you don't want. If you're doing it to get something from other people, that you don't want. 
if you're sharing because you feel like, all right, I'm going to screen for this person's like emotional capacity to connect their emotional health, which is a really good barometer of how good they're going to be as a partner and sharing and rapport and vulnerability are really good barometers of emotional health. Does that make sense? So it's like one's a barometer of the other. And so the undersharing is what like 99% probably of guys do. Here's an example of two guys talking, right? So a guy breaks up with his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, pretty much not too far away from that. (laughs) Like, oh man, you know, my girlfriend's being such a bitch, dude. Oh, that sucks, man. Have a beer. Cool. (laughs) End of sharing, (laughs) end of conversation. Advanced sharing for men. Oh man, my girlfriend's, you know, we're she's being so annoying. Like shit just sucks at home. Oh, really? What's going on? You know, everything I do is just, like, wrong. Like, I can't do right, and she's always mad. And, like, you know, it seems like no matter what I do, she's just always mad at me. Oh, man, that sucks. Have a beer. Yeah. End of sharing. <laughs> yeah. And and there's no real line over that because we don't learn how to do that. It's not rewarded as guys when we're young. Our dads half the time are super stunted and don't want to talk about that if they're even around. Right. So when we share things with our dads, like even my dad, who's an awesome guy, totally good guy, like not a bad father, I might be like, yeah, man, I just feel so overwhelmed. I just bought a house and I'm I'm moving around a lot and my business is in flux. And he'll, he'll say something like – Have a beer. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I mean she, nobody said it was going to be easy. Yeah. Hey, where's your mom? Let's call your mom. See what time she's going to be home. Right. Awkward. This is what my dad says. I'm like, Dad, I hate it. I, my life is – I hate everything I'm doing. Quit. <laughs> Quit. Problem solved. Yeah. The Move end. back home. Literally the end. And he – it's like he said that to me about everything. But he wasn't always serious. But anyway. <laughs> right. That's fine. Yeah. But, like but if he, I was waiting tables during like college, I was like, oh, I hate waiting tables. Quit. I'll give you 20 bucks. Yeah. Thanks. But then That's you know how horrible my work ethic is? Is it bad? Oh, it's horrible. But you show up here all That's the time. That's not true. <laughs> you are a very hard worker. Yeah, anyway, you, are you got that email that I forwarded to you. No more downplaying yes. who you are. Yeah, that's you're uncomfortable true. with uh, with praise, obviously. I mean, she I can works see really it. Hard. Right I'm uncomfortable now. with it, but that's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's She's a comedian. She needs the attention. Wait, go on. But I want uh, I want to hear more about the sharing. So basically, you're saying most men busy don't know how to share. So what is it that you teach these guys? Right. So we'll we'll help find. We call it building an identity and like building. There, there's a lot of like stupid terminology that we use. Once you yeah, learn, how can you remember? Are you guys you sitting in like it. a kumbaya circle while you're doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Really? No. Is it all like it's They're all like really in... cool leather couches, like nicely positioned? So yeah. are people just kind of hanging out have, like, like real life on them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like having a drink, maybe. Yeah, there's okay. definitely. I mean, maybe not during the day, but people are like hanging out and talking. And these guys, bear in mind, they know each other really well by now because it might be day three of a six day boot camp, and so they've been together twenty four seven. Yeah, sharing. and like had like thirty hours of instruction, going out for drinks. Does any and, like, crying happen? Not usually. No, mm-hmm. no. It depends how hard our instructors are on the on the guys. Actually, you'd be surprised in early days of Art of Charm boot camps. Guys would open up really quick, and we had to you were actually, like, whoa, 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 we had, we let's to, go back to that not sharing. Well, thing, we, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had to throttle it actually because guys would. We thought, oh, it's going to be really hard to get guys to open up because, yeah. like, God knows it would take me a lot of work to open up. Right. And guys would come in and start talking about how their uncle raised them because their father, like, left early and the, then they moved it from Vietnam. And everyone's it's like, big therapy up. couch. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, we didn't see that coming at all. But the guy's like, wow, I've never told that story. And I feel a million times better. And we actually had to throttle it, not because like, oh man, people are getting emotional. That's bad. Reel it in. But because like, I'm not a therapist. So you have to be careful because we thought, wait a minute, if normal regular dudes are opening up and being really vulnerable and learning how to use that to relate to other people, one guy's just going to open up and be like, wow, I 
like trauma is going to flood in from yeah. childhood that we're like not equipped to deal with. So and then you all get like, murdered. And then, or, or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like the guy's like, and now I need a decade of therapy. You have to pay for that because right. I had successfully repressed all of these memories. <laughs> right. So we have to be really careful with that. But when we teach them sort to sort of build their narrative or their identity, they're thinking about things that they probably never thought were important. And a lot of guys do this. They go... I don't really have anything to share. I, and there's guys listening right now who are like, yeah, but I just, I don't really I have. Like that uh, I don't nothing's really have interesting. Anything. Yeah, nothing's interesting. And we have to really dig in there. And when you're looking for good stuff, you also find, you find bad stuff because that's just life. Mm-hmm. So we had, a, we had a client that was like, yeah, I don't do anything interesting. I don't have any interesting stories. And I was like, oh, well, what do you do for work? Like the most easily broached subject for any guy. And he's like, I'm a truck driver. And I was like, okay well, what do you truck around? And I'm already like drying up because I'm like truck driver. (laughs) Oh shit, I don't know anything about this. Turns out he was a fuel tank driver in Fallujah, like outside of Fallujah, Iraq. See, and I'm like, fascinated cool. by a truck driver, right? Like, well, yeah, truck. You don't really meet a lot of truck drivers. You'd be like, "How long are your hours? Do you really like There's sleep so in the much. truck? Do you, do you and do are meth you meth on the at night to right. drive? Like, so are you much a that you can share? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he's a fuel tank driver outside of Fallujah, and I'm like, "Well, cool. I mean, have you ever run into any problems?" And he's like, "Yeah, we get ambushed a lot." And I'm like, "So here you are <laughs> driving along in a tank full of gas, full of gas in the slowest vehicle in a massive convoy." <laughs> <laughs> and someone's shooting rocket-propelled grenades at you. And you have nothing to share. And, you, and you're like, oh, my life's so boring. And it turns out that, like, he had been ambushed by whatever, Al-Qaeda or, like, Sadr militia or something outside Fallujah. And, like, a rocket-propelled grenade blew up right next to the tanker, almost knocked it over. And him and his buddy are, like, lean as far left as you can, kind of, and, like, knowing that that's not going to do anything. And I'm like, what did you do? And he's like, you step on the gas and you turn the volume up on your iPod and you just get the fuck out of there. And I'm like, that is the greatest story anyone's yeah. told at this shitty diner that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. And meanwhile, like, he's like, my life is boring. He's got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meanwhile. And the accountant thinks he's interesting. Yeah, yeah the accountant's <laughs> like, wait till you hear about the 401B allocation. It's going to blow your fucking mind. 401B LT. Can I ask a question? Okay, that actually is a really interesting story. Yeah. But why do men think that what they have to share isn't interesting? I don't know if people – I think people at some level kind of believe that. But I think at another level, we compartmentalize things so well as men that we're just like, oh – well, I don't know why anybody else would want to hear about that. And and that's maybe just a reflection on your own level of self-worth. Well, also, too. when you do something, like I remember thinking about doing podcasting. It's like, ooh, cool, exciting. And then once you do it, it becomes everyday life. Yeah. And like if someone asked me, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I pod-. But that might be really interesting to someone else. Yeah. So you have to realize that not everyone's doing what you're doing, even though it ends up feeling maybe mundane to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think, true. I think you're mm-hmm. probably right. Anybody who has a job. Is kind of like like when you work on a movie set, it eventually just feels like you're working. Yeah, I'm working. It's exactly. no longer a cool movie set. I, I know the answer to this, but do do most men sure think do. that? <laughs> from your experience, do most men think that what they have to talk about won't be interesting to women because they think women want to hear about other things? I'm sure that that's part of it. And in the meantime, when they're when they're trying to figure out what's going to be interesting, they feel like they've got to compete against this ideal that they've built in their own mind. Yeah. And like, bear in mind that the whole not, not the whole boot camp at Art of Charm is going to be like geared towards sharing and vulnerability. It's just one sort no, of no. That unit. was just like one separate. Yeah, thing. I just want to be clear because people are like, I don't ever want to go to this boot camp. It sounds terrible, and yeah. I don't want to cry. Man mania. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah dude, we just have couches in the in the shape of fetal <laughs> position. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one bean for bag, everyone. Beanbag chairs and <laughs> tissue boxes. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I think guys are competing with themselves, and we don't realize this, right? Like we're we're thinking like, all right, I'm going to be super interesting. I've got this cool story, and that's what these like weirdo pickup artist guys do is they like make up crap to sound like this yeah, ideal they that they build stories. that they build in their brain, right? And so normal guys, where that sort of knowledge comes from is normal guys are thinking, well, I'm not good enough as I am. So I'm going to build an ideal in my head. And every girl that I actually want is going to want this ideal person and not me who I am. So it's just a reflection on your own self-worth at at that point. Mm -hmm. You're not really – you're not really thinking nothing about me is interesting. And if you are, it's just because you believe that as a result of – where you kind of see yourself, where you see your identity, because it's not necessarily constructed. Guys, we don't spend any time constructing our identity outside of, let's say, work. And that's why when guys lose their job, they're like, my whole life is over. Even if they hated their friggin' job, they're like, my whole life mm-hmm. is over. My self-worth is in the toilet. My, you know, they feel emasculated. I and when a woman loses her job, she might be really upset, but it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't define it her. It doesn't define her. her like, if, especially if she has kids, she might be like, yeah, the market's turning down and I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom. Very few guys, I should say, is like, yeah, you know what? This this whole legal thing is not working out. I'm just going to be a stay-at-home dad for a while. Totally different reception by the world is a stay-at-home dad Absolutely. versus stay-at-home mom. People are like, oh, that's so great. You get to spend time with the kids. Stay-at-home dad. Ooh, yeah, the market is pretty rough out there. Loser. You know, what a dork. Yeah. Well, well, we're going to take a break for a couple of minutes. But after the break, I want to hear from you an example of how – Yeah, you will still be here. An example of how exactly to share, like a real tangible example that our listeners can use. But before we go to break, I want to give you a wing girl minute. If a girl rejects you, walk away tall and proud instead of emotionally crumbling and turning into a five-year-old. I recently had one of my wing girls tell me about a guy who threw his drink at her and told her, I'm rich, so you lost out after she said to, to Well, he no, has a point. Right. After she said no to giving him her number. Emotionally unstable and rattled men are by far the number one turnoff for women. So no matter what a woman says to you, handle it with confidence, and I guarantee you'll have a better chance of turning her response around. Mm-hmm. And that is my wing girl minute. And we'll be back after the break. With the Ask Women podcast and Jordan Harbinger, who's got tons of awesome information about the Art of Charm boot camp right. and lifestyle. Yeah. But before we go to Jordan's example of actually how to share, I wanted to tell you guys about a new service that we have at the Wing Girl Method. It is Mock Dates. Mock Ing bird. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. So now yeah. we are actually doing mock dates for guys so they can figure out where they're going wrong and why they're either not getting the second date, they're not getting into the bedroom, they're not getting a girlfriend, whatever's going on. Okay. We will figure out your sticking points. You can either do a live in-person mock date if you're in Los Angeles or Toronto where you want to fly to either of those locations, or we do Skype mock dates. They're you know super the word, fun and that, awesome. That is a really good idea. Yeah. The word though, mock. I feel like so bad for these guys because 
because I feel like they're already being mocked, like in general in life on their dates, like by just other people's oh, eyeballs. Shit, I should call it something else. <laughs> and it's like, oh, now I'm being mocked oh, on my damn date. Damn it, thanks a lot. No, I'm changing the name. But anyway, if you want to find out more about the Wing Girl Method mock dates, go to winggirlmethod.com slash mock. And I'll be changing that name very shortly because I don't like that it's making fun of me. No, it's not, no, it's slash no slash one else. Not, no yeah, one exactly. else would think about All right. that. Well, hold on. Before. What? I never do anything on my own podcast to promote myself. So start. instead of mock dates, I have an awesome Twitter feed that you can Ooh. read and follow and, and mock. retweet and, and mock. mock them because, yeah, I can take mocks. So follow me at Kristen Carney and it's your own mock date. Maybe we'll get Kristen Twitter. to do a couple of these mock dates because oh. that would be hilarious. How do you spell Just her Carney. making fun of you the entire time? C-A-R-N-E-Y. Okay. K-R-I-S-T-E-N. Yeah. But in let's hear reverse order. Let's hear this yes. example of how to actually properly share. I'm, I'm talking for guys who are still in the beginning stages. Sure. They may not know if they want this girl to be their girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. So there's three levels of, of sharing. There's probably a lot, but we divide it into three levels, okay? And so the first level is kind of like low risk, really easy to do. And and you do this, you, you know, you're like bantering and flirting or whatever. Like this is assuming there's other stuff going on. You don't just turn to the girl next to you on the bus and go, so, and start telling like a really high risk, weird share story. I mean, we've all, you've, Kristen, probably been on a lot of dates like this. Oh, actually. well, I wish I could say I've been on a lot of dates, but no, I, I feel like I do that to people. What? I'll no. kind of just open up and then scare them, but I'm just doing it because I think it's kind of funny, but they don't get that I'm being funny. Uh-huh. So like, for example... But then that helps you select who you want to let into your life. Somebody who would find it funny would be like, that's or awesome. Or like no one, for example. Yeah, right. no one, because no, no one gets it. Like, right. I was in the elevator recently and um, this guy, I made a joke. I can't even really remember. Like he, he was like uh, off work early because we were both kind of dressed nice. And I actually think I just got back from this because that's... When I dress nice. Right. Or, and I said something like, like, I really work or something like trying to say like. I just got a Brazilian. Yeah. Like something <laughs> like. you're oversharing. Like I was trying to kind of make the joke of like only losers work, but it wasn't even. Right. But, oh, man. And then he took it as, you know, I was just trying to kid that I'm like lazy and, lo- you know, not work. You know, I don't work. Right. That hard. You didn't have the context of the fact that Yeah. And he was like, he literally looked at me like, you are very strange and just kept going. <laughs> he like, probably, so, you, you probably get hit on a ton and like don't get it. I just it deflect and just it and I don't realize. Yeah. I'm like, hey, getting back early from work. Damn, I'm so stupid. Why did I say that? And you're like, screw you, you idiots. And yeah. he's like, oh, man, I'm like, no, it's I'm an inside joke alone. about the screw you, you idiot. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I get it. I'm just going to die alone. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you can scare people. Yeah, I think – well, you can for sure. Apparently. So so like low risk, low reward and it's always you know versus high risk, high reward. Uh, But you have to kind of go in order here because if you just jump to one thing without kind of knowing what you're doing, you're going to pull a Kristen where somebody's like, whoa, all right, too much, too quick or or like nothing at all ever. And one example, for example, of like the low – low risk, easy, sort of easy peasy sharing. You can talk about like when I was in fourth grade and this just of course comes up in the course of like banter and flirting and it's maybe somebody orders coffee and they get milk and they're like, oh, this reminds me of this. When I was in fourth grade, I wanted to shake up my milk. Somebody told me you had to shake your milk up because stuff settles to the bottom, which it obviously doesn't. And I forgot that it was already open or like my friend already opened it. So yeah. I shook the milk and it went all over me and everybody has some sort of, of a story dumb like story yeah. like that. It's low risk because – if Kristen's then like, oh, you're an idiot. Why did you shook your milk and it was already open? You're like, okay, well, I don't feel bad about that. I'm right. already over this. I'm not going to kill myself it's, over it. Yeah, it's, I, I don't feel like there's anything here that I need to be ashamed of. 
So it's like there's low risk for you. You can't really be touched by it. It's just sort of something you're both laughing about. And then at the middle level, it might be like, yeah, I shook up my milk and it got all over me and I had to go through school all day wearing this. And so right now when, everyone whenever, thought I came on myself. Yeah. yeah. And people were <laughs> people were laughing at me and everybody told the story and like there was stains <laughs> on my shirt. So every come like hearing you say that. One. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so now whenever there's a stain on my clothing, all right, I'm just <laughs> see, this is why it's medium risk because they're just laughing in your face. And you're gonna plow through. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Oh, yeah, sure. This is encouraging. This is why you're sick. <laughs> Keep picking me up, buddy. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, like, when it, you can say, like, that's why whenever I have a stain on my clothing, it drives me crazy, even though there's nothing that anybody can really see because I remember this sort of past traumatic thing. And it's not that somebody. You're revealing more about yourself. Yeah, you're revealing a little bit more. It's a real story. It's a little bit of a weakness. That you grew up with the na- name Cumboy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is really uncreative. <laughs> really. And bad. probably could have thought of something from third more graders. interesting. From Kristen Carney as a third grader. Yeah. <laughs> At Kristen Carney on Twitter. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> more, more just like she has this. Milk on our account. <laughs> more just like this on Twitter. At um, <laughs> so, so then the high risk stuff would be like that plus. And then when I got home, you know, my parents were fighting and my mom was gone for a week, and I literally didn't know. I had to figure out laundry and figure out what what was wrong with my parents, and my dad wasn't talking. And then finally, my aunt came over three days later from another state. Didn't tell me anything about where my parents were. Washed my clothes finally, and I had to go to school for three days with like stained clothing. This is like the best story for like Tide to do as like an advertisement. Yeah. Like yeah. get really into the psyche. Right, this poor boy. Of his poor so that's kid. like a higher level. You're saying that would be Who high risk because if you're telling that on a date and Kristen's revealing, like, know. you know. Uh, that's gross. Like, what the hell's your mom's problem? You had a shitty family and your upbringing was crap. I'm like, your Such dad's obviously asshole. really mean. Yeah, and and the guy would be like, wow, I really regret saying that in yeah. front of you now because I opened up and lowered my shield and you just, like, stabbed me and so I don't feel safe doing that around you. But also it can be high reward because... Uh, well, you it, can see who you're dealing with. You can as see well. who you're dealing with because it, people's natures are really revealed when you let your guard down, you open up, and you're vulnerable. And then somebody is just <laughs> chugging away on some string cheese over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all, all over you. And that's why they call you cheese chest. You're eating it like spaghetti noodles. <laughs> Tell me more about your milk story. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, so when would you advise that guys go into the high level sharing? Because yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to do that like in the first day. That you R- right? Meet no, the I would. Woman. Yeah, of course, I would agree with you there. I mean, if you're on like one of those epic, amazing dates that's like movie worthy, where it's like like chemistry galore, chemistry galore. Things. Yeah, and you're not just like at the coffee shop after you met on Tinder or yeah. whatever. You know, oh, you're, you're going. Oh, <laughs> you know by, by the way, this reminds me of that time my parents got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I thought you should do that. That would be so funny. That would be kind of funny. (laughs) That would work in LA because she'd be like, oh my God, me too. I have a milk divorce story. Yeah, exactly. I'm here because of the milk divorce. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to gauge it. And I know that's like crap advice, it's not really advice. But when you're banter, you banter, you have good chemistry, you're flirting, you can go into the light stuff. You banter again, you, you're going, you're hanging out, you find other areas to connect on, you can get into some of the deeper stuff. But yeah, I would recommend like, you should probably see somebody for a few 
at least a few dates before you start going yeah. like, here's all this childhood trauma that I've yeah. got. Well, whenever you kind of want to decide whether or not you want to further invest in that person, you exactly. can start going. You can go to medium, right. and then you can go to high level, and then see how that other person handles it. And right. I actually wanted to give a little quick exercise for people to start using this skill because I know, like, there's a lot of guys like what you were talking yeah. about. Guys who are like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. I don't have any associations that I can make. So um, the Wayne Girl method, we teach this thing called OSO, which is observe, share, and ask. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times when and uh, I am teaching them people to use OSA, which is a great way to break into conversation and have conversation mm-hmm. with women. They have difficulty making the observations and sharing. Sure. So what guys can do at home is you can go on Amazon through our link, winggirlmethod.com slash Amazon. You can actually buy those um, little, like little cue cards that you can have for babies or kids. Like there's stacks of hundreds where you see different images and pictures. Okay, there's a, there's a reason okay. for this. You buy this. You don't have to do it, but you can buy these things, and then you can test yourself, and you go through each picture. Like, let's say there's a carton of milk, and mm. you you think of three stories Kidding. in your uh, life that you <laughs> when can— When I spilled the milk all over myself? Right, yeah. and you can associate with those pictures. There's, there's, like, a way for you to do a half-an-hour ex- exercise every single night and see how quickly you can associate some sort of story, feeling, or opinion about the picture that's in front of you. You don't have to buy those cards. Right. It's, just like, sort of a fun way to do it. You can also just go around your room or walk down the street and start to observe all the things around you and think to yourself, do I have a story about that? Yes, I do. And now you've made that association so that the next time something happens and you are at a coffee shop and you see milk, you have a quicker association so it can come out of you a lot faster. Yeah. All right. I I, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like an improv exercise. Yeah. If you don't have an Art of Charm boot camp to go to or you 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 haven't purchased a copy of The Insider from (laughs) me, you can do that on your own to exercise. Right. Yeah. It's the whole the whole week can be summarized with this deck of baby cards with objects and pictures. It does um, work. We actually yeah. do that exercise on our boot camp. We have like two guys sitting across from each other and yeah. one person calls out spoon. And you have to, you have to say two stories about yeah. a spoon. Because like who has anything to say about a spoon? But I guarantee yeah. you have a story trapped in your memory that could be an interesting story mm-hmm. about a spoon. I could, I could quickly – Go into one. They, sure. See, look at this. Spoon. I grew up in an area where about 20, 30 minutes away was a place called Oneida Silver, and they made spoons and forks and knives and see, all those things. Oh, yeah. And this kid who lived near there had a huge crush on me, and his name was Tom, but he spelled it T-H-O-M, so I called him Thom. Um, and yeah. um, he w- he had, like, an undying love for me for, like, six years, and I, like, never gave him a chance. And my mom's like, why not? He's so handsome. He looked like uh, – he literally looked like Brad Pitt. I'm not wow. kidding. And now he's married. And has a baby, but that's my story about spoons. Want to hear my story about spoons? It's trendy. When I was younger, I was on a date with some guy, and he told me this whole elaborate story. He must have been like a pickup artist in the back that his his grandfather had invented this spoon and fork, and I thought it was like the coolest thing. Yeah, in like middle age Serbia. But but who was the person who can look that up at some point? But like he had told me this whole elaborate story about it. Anyway, you you can associate whatever you want with a single item. There's so many things to get sparked. Did you, did you hook up mm-hmm. with that dude? Because he's of course I did. <laughs> obviously, the old, oh the old silverware right. story <laughs> works every time. Every time, exactly. Well, that was a really I think a really good example of mm-hmm. like different levels of sharing information. I think that it's really valuable, mainly because as you said, it helps a man evaluate the woman who's in front of them, but it right. also helps the woman who's sitting across from him see more about who he is, about the way that he thinks, about the things that go on in yes. his life. Because otherwise, there's not a whole lot to set you apart. I mean, right. it, it, you might be a guy who's like, well, I don't have a very interesting job, and I'm not rich, and I don't have a cool 
whatever guys put value on these days, like car, home, whatever. But if you're able to be vulnerable, open up, you are much more three-dimensional than the guy who's like, look at all the crap that I have. Like the guy you talked about in this one-minute tip who's like, I'm rich. You just lost out. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm really glad that you showed your true colors as a total D-bag. Yeah, absolutely. Because rich guys are a dime a dozen, and guys that have temper tantrums thankfully are less Right. Well, common. that's why there's there's the term good on paper. They're the good on paper guy. Yes. When you see them as yes. a as three-dimensional talking person, that's when you actually get to see right. who they are. They can have all of these wonderful credentials, but they can be a shitty person. Yes, and that happens all the time. You almost that- want someone who's bad on paper. Right, and so that surprises you. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you drive a truck. <laughs> you, you but own it's, but you're car, interesting. Right? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Okay. What kind of? I, I'm so curious what kind of guys that you date. But I, I have a feeling you're not going to want to talk. Oh, about Oh, me? That. Yeah. Oh, I, I've like had a boyfriend for like six. Years. Oh, the same guy. Okay, same that's guy. Good. Yeah. So, um, there, the guys that I like have. I feel like. I need to have the same sense of the world that I do. Like in college, I went out with a few guys and I've definitely told the story before, but they were like, one was super outdoorsy and he Mm -hmm. uh, was like a trick skier and he he was like the first one. I first person to have like a Honda element. This was like in like 2001. So it was like a while ago, but um, he hated Seinfeld. Goodbye. Yeah. So we just didn't have the same worldview. It was like he, he was into needing to be outdoorsy and like, that was it. And like, there was nothing beyond that. And then like, I went out with a kid who, played rugby and like drove a truck and I was trying to experiment with like the man thing mm. didn't like Seinfeld goodbye because we don't that means we're the not Seinfeld seeing screen. the same yeah literally we're not seeing the world in the same way so but I think it's good that you have that because that, yeah. is, that yeah. is your gauge point like even if mm-hmm. somebody you dated maybe they hadn't watched Seinfeld but still had like that skewed version of the world mm. it would still it would yeah. still be very attractive yeah. to you yeah so that's definitely for me the number one thing and I remember when I studied abroad I was in Australia and I like had never really met people that I but I didn't really know what I was looking for and I'd never really met anybody and I went to Australia and I was like I've got to find someone here who's got like the same perspective as me didn't find anybody and I remember I felt so depressed because I was like there's some my voice cracked and I'm a boy with the milk story <laughs> um, but I felt so depressed because no one shared the same worldview and that wasn't until I started doing stand-up that I started meeting those people right yeah that's so, i mean yeah. you have a unique sort of outlook on things which yeah. is why it's funny right yeah yeah for most people right and that's people. and that's what kind of makes makes me tick and so i think i could find a guy like both those guys i went out with that i re- referenced were both handsome they both had a lot going for them decent personalities but beyond that it was like no i and then I never really dated anyone again after them and until I found my boyfriend. Right. And this is how you screen for that, right? Like, mm-hmm. so this comes full circle to the point, which is you guys are like, well, what if she doesn't like this? Or what if this story is embarrassing? This is actually a good thing because right. if somebody can't take what you're doing when you open up, that's why you go low, medium, high risk, whatever, because that's the screen. And, and as people make it through the various screens, you find out who's more appropriate for you. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't start off with a bunch of trauma because since that's not really that normal, people are going to have a hard time relating to it and they're not invested enough in you at that point. If you or do they may not have a hard time relating to it, but or, then you, yeah. could, you could possibly and potentially bond on something negative Very and negative. you don't want to do that. Yeah. And by the way, the sharing doesn't have to be something traumatic and negative. That's the example that I gave because it's – it's pretty common that negative things like that are very impactful and that you remember them for a long time. You might just be thinking about like 
I'm having man, a hard time at work. I, or, or it doesn't, it could be positive. It could be like, man, the best time I had in my whole life was yeah, when me and my brothers yeah. went to this thing and we really bonded and we were from, you know, maybe some of your brothers are stepbrothers and like you weren't really close and you got lost for th- like two days in the woods and like that was like this thing that brought you together and now you're super, super yeah, tight. Yeah. That could be something that's a little higher reward, re- reward and also higher risk because someone could go, that's it? You just got lost? I mean, that. so what? Like, right. uh, you know, you're, you, that's right. a Why is that a big deal to you? Why is that a big deal? And then you're like, oh, you don't get me, right? Yeah, or you suck. You suck, yeah. And and if you find people that don't get you, you move on and you find somebody that does. The problem is a lot of guys are like, well, you know, I got to take what I can get because I haven't had a girlfriend in three years no, or I got or, divorced. Or, or they go you, on know, dates damaged. thinking, like me, like me, like me, and they they forget to focus on the fact that they're also there to evaluate. Right, they're there the screening person. too. Yeah, yes. it's like a, when you go on a job interview, it's like you're begging them for the job. No, you're going to be in this office 24-7. Yeah, so you, you have to know if you want to be there as well. So you're saying, okay, okay fine. You want to ask me questions? I'm going to ask you questions too. That makes you appear more valuable yes. and have much higher worth to either an employer or the pater- or, or a woman. Right, or to a girl. And and that's what's so key about this is you have to remember that the sharing goes both ways. It's not you sharing a bunch of stuff and being like, so what do you think there, boss? Am I, am I a good candidate? Yeah. If she's not sharing back – You've got another thing to evaluate, which is, okay, why is this person so guarded? Why is this person so sheltered? Don't blame yourself like, oh, I've got to open this person up and get them emotionally vulnerable. Like a lot of people don't want to share right away. And that's why you can't necessarily dump everything out on the table on the first date and go straight from – Here's your soy latte. To this is when my parents, you know, got divorced or whatever. Because you you're trying you're doing a delicate dance with this person to try to get them to open up and also to allow yourself to open up so that you can see yeah. if there's a good fit. And I always tell the guys that I work with that they have to remember that it's their life that they're sharing, and they can right. choose how much they want to let another person in, and they mm-hmm. they can select who they want to let in. And that's why sharing these little bits of information allow you to say, okay. That went really well. I like how she responded. Maybe I'm going to try sharing a little bit more next time. Right. I, I mentioned this a few, probably a few months ago, um, about vulnerability and attractive, attractiveness, and I'm going to use the same examples, unfortunately. And I hate to do it because they're both referencing very, very handsome men. Right. But I talked about how um, Ryan Gosling in um, Place Beyond the Pines and also in Drive is ungodly attractive to probably 99% of women and it's not because he's just a handsome kid it's because there's he's he plays wounded. kind of this wounded person who's <laughs> vulnerable and that is so hot and sexy to to I mean me specifically and it was like the same thing I didn't love the movie but American Sniper how Bradley Cooper I've never really found him attractive until this movie because he played this guy who on the outside was tough but he was really vulnerable on the inside and when that shows through it's like oh baby I mean, and for some reason for women that is just it's like a huge the turn thing on. so if you're a tough guy out there and you're and you're shallow and, you know, you don't have to be super deep. But if you just don't show another side, it's going to wear off really yeah, quick. Yeah, you're, you're about nothing else. Right. There's nothing else for me to attach myself to. Right. I want to get to a couple overanalyze this question. So are you guys ready? Cool. Okay, this is a really short one, which I never have. Yay. The question is from BB from Bridgeton, and it's simply, should I settle? No, because the thing is, the reason he's asking this is because he's wondering. This is a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you can't tell with a BB. Be- well, I don't know. I'm saying yes. Yeah, you shouldn't settle because if you're asking this question, what it means is you're thinking about jumping into a relationship, not because you are necessarily ready for something, but because you're so desperate for the relationship that you need the relationship for the sake of being in 
a relationship. I know I just said that. It's a like long term gratification versus short term gratification. Right. So, well, can we talk a little bit more about what settling actually means? Because yes. for some people, they're like, she doesn't check every box on my mm. list, or he doesn't check. So I I want to like look a little bit into what you guys That's deem as settling. <laughs> because what this person could be asking is, well, I want somebody who's rich and famous and tall and skinny <laughs> and, and agrees and, with my values and does right. this and does this and plays tennis and has a, and also has a really shallow list of appearance qualifiers or something like that. If you mean I met somebody that meets all of these except she has brown hair instead of blonde hair, then yeah, I would say you should quote unquote settle for <laughs> that person. However, if you're talking about like, well, I met this girl and she's really into me and, you know, she's not very – but she's not very not educated very nice. and she's not very nice to me and my family doesn't like her and she doesn't have any of her own friends and she doesn't have a job but, you know, she's willing to live be in my me. house and be with me, then no, don't settle. Yeah. And the number one re- – I mean for me, the number one reason not to settle is because – 10 years from now or five years from now or 20 years from now, you're going to have to re-up your life and then try to settle back down again because it's yeah. not going to last. If That's you're settling, point. it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah. because you're going to continue to grow most likely, especially if you're even listening to a show like this and writing in, you're thinking about this type of thing. And if you're growing and the other person is not growing and that's the problem, that's why you think you're settling, well, that divergence between you and her is going to grow yeah. over time. And like you said, Kristen, in 10 years or whatever, you're going to be like, what the hell? Who are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then someone's going to cheat or whatever. There's going to yeah. be a messy divorce, all that kind of stuff. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. And then you can't get that time back. And also a lot of times people who ask this, it's because – there, there's a confidence issue here either way mm-hmm. because if there's a bunch of really shallow qualifiers, why do you need that? Because of what other people think because you obviously don't care. And if it's because you think you have to take whatever you can get, well, then there's another type of self-esteem problem in there mm-hmm. that's not too different, not too differently shaded than the one we just talked about. And so if you're looking at should I settle, the answer is almost universally no. You just have to look at why you're even thinking about that because that's the problem. It's not your lack of selection. It's not – where you are in this current relationship. It certainly shouldn't be the sunk cost of the time you've spent dating this person. It, it's something that has to do everything with you and has nothing to do with the other person. Absolutely. Some, something that can also help out is when I was going through the process of deciding whether or not I wanted to marry my husband, you know how people in in couples usually say, oh, we share the same values, yes. right? Okay. For me, I was always saying that, but then I was like, I don't even know what my values are and <laughs> yeah. I don't know what his values are, but I think they're the same. Yeah. We seem to get along and like, we like each other's families. All of those things seem to be in place. Uh-huh. But I, I actually went to a coach cause I was having just a hard time this was a while ago. Um, and I did this exercise that's actually a part of a lot of my programs now where I was able to discover what my values are. And it turns out I have like 118 of them or something wow. like large that's number. That's a lot of values. Yeah, but and so does everybody, you know. But then I, I had to order those values, and I really totally forget what my top values are right now. But once I was able to highlight what my top values are, I could actually honestly say that I shared values uh-huh, sure. with my husband. There was a couple of values that I know that weren't as important to him, but I could see what my values were, what his values were, and respect his values and respect my own values without them having to be the same. Yeah, and that that is something that helps you. <clears throat> not settle for somebody. So I agree with Jordan. I agree with Christian. No, you should not settle, but you should know. You have to find out the core values. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And really define what you mean by settling. Right. Exactly what you said. If it's like, she doesn't have brown hair, but she's awesome. Yeah. Like that's a little bit off and skewed. Those core values, you can explore those. There's a book called Strength Finders or something like that. Oh, yeah. And you have to buy the book. If If you buy it used, you don't get the code to take the online test. So pro tip there, just get the new one. 
and it's like twenty bucks or something. I think it's like Proctor. What? Who? It's whatever. No, Gallup. I, it's Gallup. What's it okay. called? Strength what? Strength Finders okay. 2.0. And I can't remember the author, but Gallup does this like data analysis on the things that you pick, and it seems like this totally irrelevant test. And then it just like freaking nails it. And it's like you are interested in like free thinking and you're orderly, but you also have a sense of adventure. And these are the things that are important to you. And when you meet somebody, they have to match up with I would say like 80% of those. So like if you meet somebody and they're like, oh, you value spirituality and you value – uh, like a non-structured lifestyle, that person is not going to be a good fit for me. But if if everything else kind of matches up, but they are also artistic and I'm not, it's like, okay, fine. This person just has another dimension right. that I don't have, which is actually a good thing in it's a relationship. A and so that the values that you're talking about, is if you find those core values, and even if you think you know them, it doesn't hurt to get like a scientific opinion yeah. on the matter for 20 friggin' dollars. Go for that. And take that test and then see if the people – and you, unfortunately, you can't make every girl you date take that. Well, you, you could try. But on your first date. Can, fir- can you just fill this out yeah, first? Before, before, <laughs> before we meet, please complete the following But don't you kind of just analysis. know in your gut, That's actually though. kind of funny, though. Do if somebody think. sent me like a like a, a quiz before I went on a date and then afterwards said we can't go out, like that would be right. kind of funny. Well, that's, isn't that what OKCupid does to yeah, match you true. up? That's true. Or true, like yeah. eHarmony or something. Yeah. That like, is true. Answer all these questions and we'll deny you access to all the good looking women. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Next question. Thank you for that, those answers. Hello, lovely ladies. I have listened for a long time, have really enjoyed hearing the advice you have offered. My situation is a bit different than you might normally encounter. I have experienced four decades of humiliating rejection, which has worn me down. Trust me, there is nothing under the sun that I haven't tried. I'm not afraid of rejection. It's my best friend. So about a year and a half ago, I quit trying. Oh, wow. How do I get my family and friends to leave me alone about this? Frank. Oh, Ouch. Yeah. About not – they're – upset with him for not finding someone. So he's just like he's relegated saying. himself to like, I'm not going to find somebody. So it's all good. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that is kind of sad. But on the other hand, if he's not sad about it and we can't really get to the bottom of it because it's an email, right? then what he's really asking us to do is to try to get his friends and family to leave him alone. Um, I just want to, I'm, I'm worried about him a little bit. Me too. I want to make sure that he's getting some sort of emotional fulfillment from something. Um, and, you know, I don't know Frank's friend, uh, friends and family, and neither do you, so we can't really answer how to get them off of his back. But I think they're they're probably have his best interests in mind. They just don't want to see this guy like anguishing alone yeah. in pain. It might not sound super interesting to him, but my my gut says he should volunteer and do a bunch of stuff with kids, helping people. Like I spoke at a homeless shelter on Monday, and it was awesome, and I felt amazing, and it was super cool. I want to do that. You should do that. It's really cool. You actually should do that. There's homeless kids. Just so I can have fans. (laughs) They'll all follow you on Twitter. Um, If they they need computers. No. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. And they were asking me questions like, how did you start your business? Like, what should I do if I want to start a business? And they're like 15, 16, 17 years old. Oh, that's awesome. And they're very smart, sharp, and I don't mean that in like a patronizing way. Like, oh, they're so... Can you believe it? They're so smart. Like, this one kid writes a poem every day, and he was using words that I was like, I need to go and look that up, because I'm not even sure I know what that means. And so when you volunteer with these kids, you get such a different dimension, like a different outlook on on people, and, and it's so emotionally fulfilling, and I did a lot of that volunteering stuff when I was in Boy Scouts back in the day as well. And that stuff can be fulfilling in a, in a totally different way if you've decided that you're just no longer interested in relationships. And that's fine. Like, I'm not going to try to pressure Frank into being like, no, you should keep trying. There's somebody for everybody. Like, maybe there's just not. And maybe you don't maybe care. Maybe you don't want it. And you don't want that. And your friends and family, your mom and dad, they, they want to see you happy. But 
I don't think they. But would something force tells me that him. he's still like he's listening to this podcast, so something in him still wants to find it. Yeah, I think he's saying I don't care anymore. Rejection's my best friend, but I think he's kind of like. But on the off That's, chance there is somebody out there, I'll take it. I think he does. I think no matter what, he does care, and it hurts. It probably hurts pretty bad, and he's put up a shield and made it his best friend because it's the only way he can deal with it. But I would assume he, if someone came along, yeah. he wouldn't turn them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I like. That. I would say just instead of active, you know, actively trying, and I'm kind of not answering his question about the family thing. Yeah. But I would say rather than actively trying to find someone, be optimistic and be yourself. And if it happens to work out, don't be closed off to people. Yeah. I think to not wise. let it work out. Because what happens is people get rejected so much that when somebody is nice to them, what they do is they rationalize, ah, this person is just like right. humoring me. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I remember an exact example of this when I was really shy and I was just starting the law thing and I worked in London and I hated it. And I was like home all the time and it was annoying. And I was in this really down period is like the worst summer ever. And this is like probably a little bit more than 10 years ago. I remember I went out with a couple of buddies who were from like Brooklyn or something like that who were also working in London and they were kind of in a similar situation where all we did was just like drink and bitch about everything. We went out and we met a French girl and a Lebanese girl and they were both ridiculously (laughs) fine and they were like buying us drinks and we would buy around and stuff and they're like, you know, in Lebanon, women never pay for anything and I was like, oh crap, like we made some sort of mistake or whatever and they were like- And then our fathers kill them. Yes, yeah. And we were having these like really kind of like- charged conversations and then they were like let's go for a walk and so we'd walk around and talk and we'd go for another place for a drink and they were introducing us to like people they knew that worked at bars and stuff and we would get hooked up and then at the end of the night I was like yo we should totally like we need to get these girls phone numbers we should see if they want to come and hang out like at her place or something and if they say no we should hang out with them again like next weekend and he goes dude these girls are just humoring us man and I was like Oh, maybe you're right. And then I look back and I'm like, a lot to humor a person. Totally, we're not humoring us. Totally, we're completely interested, 2020 hindsight. Mm -hmm. And we talked ourselves out of it because homeboy and and myself, not that I'm blameless, but especially my friend was like, he just had low self-esteem. And he's like, nobody could ever like me. So the fact that this is outside my current reality and is happening, I'm going to reject it outright and just assume – that they're not interested in that they're, yeah, humoring us because they're bored, right. which d- like has never happened in the history of my life since then. Where a no really women hot are bored enough to humor dudes. for five and not a half hours. Long, exactly. Hours. And to yeah. go to, if you leave and you're trying to humor someone, you're yeah. leaving to get away from them. Right. If you say, come with me, then it's like, okay, yeah. well, continue. And they're like, we're here from Paris because that's where I live and we're here for the weekend and we just came out to like relax. And they met us and hung out with us for one of the entire nights <laughs> and they were here for, three nights like right. they're not humoring on. you no All right but these, these are really good answers for frank so i love that you were saying you have to change your attitude a little yeah. bit um there's nothing wrong with not being into dating and right that's totally fine and hopefully your family can respect that but i would say if they are concerned it possibly could be because you may not be fulfilling yourself in other areas of your life similar to what jordan said and then for you to possibly get in, involved in other things that yeah. you can do um, like charitable work or other things that you really right. enjoy so that there can be a little bit of happiness. It, because like if, if she's like, you, you need to get out of the house, you're depressed, why don't you find a girl? 
Right. That's one thing. But if she's like, if you're busy with work and you run a successful business and you take care of your brother's kids and they right. love you and you're active in the community and yeah, she's like, when are you going to get married? Then it's like, get off my back, mom. Yeah, I'm good. like, I'm happy. Right? right? I'm happy. Maybe somebody will come along, but right now I'm enjoying my life. Right. But my if you're always says. If you're watching Jerry Springer reruns every single day and you never leave the house, yeah, she doesn't care about you getting married. She just doesn't want you to hang yourself. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? She's exactly. like really legitimately worried about you. Exactly. Well, those were good answers. Okay, one more question and then we're going to wrap up the show. Dear Mark, and ask women. Oh, that's interesting. And ask uh, women. Yeah. That's, you, that's my name. I yes. want to start by commenting on how I enjoy your show. Above great advice and fun stories, it's a good reminder that being yourself is important. We'll uh, rate five stars, but I want to get your opinion and analysis on this situation. There's a girl that works behind the counter at a rock climbing gym I'm a member at. I've met her twice and talked to her three times. The first time I met her, she was sarcastic, witty, and mentioned that she was impatient, I think, with the context of to story. The second time I met her, we sarcastically flirt and she makes fun of her co-workers. Similarly, the third time we are sar- sarcastic to one another and I commented on her freckles. Something along the lines of, uh, took the stars from the skies oh. and put them Oof. in Eek. your face. Brutal. Freckles. Oh. She got my point. Cheesy. He even said cheesy. <laughs> Ultimately, I've Yikes. gathered that we can talk almost about nothing, share sarcasm, and she's impatient. I otherwise don't know much else about her. I realize that she works there and probably is also normally friendly with others. I want to ask her out, but I feel like I don't have enough information. What is your opinion on the situation and your recommendation on how I should approach? Best, Min. I always wonder how old these people are. Me too. Yeah. Because this sounds like include your age. Yeah, because it sounds like this sounds like a young person thing. Or he's foreign and he's from a culture that doesn't date random strangers that you meet at restaurants or whatever. Right. What was the con- – she works at a restaurant? Is that no, what she rock climbing. rock climbing. Works at the rock Gym. climbing thing. Okay, so, so I mean – So he's making friendly banter. They're being sarcastic. She tells a story and shares something, blah, 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 So blah. fine. Low, low risk way to do it. Arrange a trip. Like not an overnight trip, but like she works at a rock Do you want to go to Paris climbing. with me? Yeah, <laughs> just for the weekend. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, find a, a bunch of people that want to go and do something along the lines of – I mean obviously rock you have climbing? a shared interest. Rock climbing. At a real sort of nature place. At a place where there is a what risk if she's of like, dying. Where no one climbing. can hear you scream. Yeah. That place. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she can, you know, ask her to bring some of her friends too. Don't just make it like a bunch of dudes and then like, hey, random single female, you want to come yeah. to the woods? So, you. I mean, and you can also just say, hey, what time do you get off work today? We should go grab some coffee. If she does, and you don't have to explain what that means. If she's like, oh, you know, I don't get off till really late. Not interested. Uh, if she's like, yeah, sure, I get off at four, then it, we can meet right then. That might be a little bit something. Just don't th- – I feel like this is gearing up to be like this massive yeah. high pressure like – He keeps well, saying I don't know enough about her, but that's how you get to know more right. about you her don't by need going more. outside yes. of this rock climbing. There's no information necessary. Right. Yeah, you know that she's cute. You know that you have a fun time with each other. Now let's see what this can segue into yeah. and you can share a little bit more like you learned in the first half of the show. Yeah. All right. And that is it for this week. Thank you so much for being on the You're show. Welcome. It's like Jordan. sorry. It's like he sees like a very good dish of food <laughs> and he's like it looks How do great. I eat he's it? like no, I need to know more. Mm. Where did it's they like, are you source gluten? this chicken? Well, right. Like yeah. okay, shut up. Just eat the fucking food, okay? Yeah. Well, exactly. I was 
saying oh, – maybe this is like the wrong context, but the, I had a client yesterday and I, f- I forget. I kept asking him like, like why, why do you think it's so hard to ask for a date? I'm like, when I'm hungry, I go to the kitchen. Like what? Like it should, it should be that association. Oh, OK. You're cute. I want to go out with you. I should ask you the out then. Right? The, right? It should be the <laughs> – <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to anything. do. But that, that's how simple it can be with practice by just like making yourself do it. And if you do it and you practice it, it doesn't work that time, then it makes it 10 times easier the next time that yeah. you do that. But anybody else who wants to write in questions, make sure to write in to ask at askmanpodcast.com. Make sure you have a really good subject title because that's the only way I'm going to read it. And if it says anything about Christian being hotter than me, I will not have it on this <laughs> but show. But you will forward it to me. Yeah, I will show it, it and myself. just start crying. Nice. Uh, but thank you, Jordan Harbinger, for You're being welcome. on the show. Thank you. He, check out his boot camps. They, are, yeah. they seemed amazing when I was there. They're not all about like fluffy love stuff that's and connecting right. rapport, but you definitely learn that. It's a lot about meeting, attracting. You're like, get down and give me 20 stories about your life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and cry right now. Yeah. But yeah, the banter, attraction, camp. yeah, body language, reading nonverbal communication, blah, blah, blah. And, and where course, is it located? Los Angeles. But okay. guys yeah, come from. me. Yeah, oh, really? Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Guys yeah, come from all over the world, though. This week we have guys from Denmark, Brazil, U.S., Canada, and They're great guys. I'm pretty sure cool. that's it. They're really yeah, great. I kind of want to come. You should. You should have her do a five minute set. <laughs> hey, Actually, this is how you do comedy. We could totally have you come and do some filming stuff. Marnie did a really good job. That's why they call her One Take Marnie now. Yeah, that's <laughs> my nickname. <laughs> I just had some. You guys go. can't like, count as here. high as it would take me for my <laughs> yeah. takes. But like anyway. three hours later. But thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I'm sure if people mention the Ask Women podcast, they can get. An extra hug or something. Extra hug next, for sure. The yeah. next boot camp. Uh, but again, punk. write into ask at askmanpodcast.com. Check out my new program, Mock Dating, winggirlmethod.com slash mock. And mock Kristen has something to plug for herself. Bird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just follow me on Twitter at Kristen Carney. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Once again, please go on to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. It helps people listen to our show and know more about us. And we will see you guys next week. 